Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan? I plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. This is Mark from Mark on Money, and today... The price is right. We all remember the game show. Today we're going to talk about how that relates to what's going on with inflation. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Gills. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money with Mark Eels. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark, a certified financial planner. He's an independent. He's fiduciary. 30-plus uh, years experience. EFS Wealth Management is where you find him. EFS4U.com. That's EFS, the number four. The letter U.com is the website. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very, very well, thanks. Uh, I like this. The price is right. Does that mean we get to play Plinko? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, So this is what, you know... My wife and I were watching um, The Price is Right 50th Anniversary Edition uh, this past Sunday. And so I said to her, I said, I'm writing this down because I'm going to talk about this uh, on my podcast this week. And, you know, because it kind of relates to, you know, the inflation talk, you know, and how do we plan for inflation in our retirement, you know, or if we're already retired or we're going to retire, how do we plan for future inflation? And I think it's it's both of those answers are important to plan for. Uh, one is different than the other, but that that so the show we were watching, um, everybody everybody knows everybody's watched the prices, oh, of course. right? Yeah, sure. You know, if you haven't, you've you you know you've lived in a cave or something. Um, but you know, so the so it's the fiftieth anniversary edition, and so they do flashbacks from previous shows on what they've given away. And so the 1972 said, um, you know, you know, we're giving away a new car and they had to pick the price is right, you know, to win this car. Um, and so, you know, today cars are, you know, five digits, right? At least. You know, that's yeah. what the price, <laughs> you know, some, some six. Yeah. Well, um, but, for the most part, you know, five digits. Well, this was four digits, you know, for the price wow. is right. This was, this was off of the 1972 
uh, episode. So I think that was the first year, right? So 1972 was the first year for Price is Right. Sure. Uh, and the price of the car was two seven four six for brand <laughs> brand new car. Wow, you less know, than so three thousand bucks. Yep, twenty seven forty six was the price wow. of the new car. And it was a pretty nice car, you know. Sure. Um, you know the prices of cars today on the prices right can range from anywhere from, you know, thirty some thousand to eighty some thousand. Just depending on what kind of car they're giving away, but still twenty seven forty six fifty years ago for the price of a new car, and today the price of that car is twenty times yeah. um, what it is. I mean, you know, for a nice car, probably that same car you're probably looking at in the in the mid forties to mid fifties, depending upon what options and that kind of stuff you added onto it. Sure. So and and so another another tidbit that I got was. You know, we talk about the 4% rule, and, you know, one of the things that they said was, you know, timing is so important if you're going to draw money off of retirement assets. Retiring at the beginning of a bear market usually doesn't turn out very well for retirees. And the other really bad period of time to retire was 1967. And I didn't know this, um, but it kind of goes back to, you know, that 1972 Price is Right car, of 2746 going to 50,000 but from 1967 to 1982 so that was 15 years so if you retired in 1967 consumer prices tripled between 1967 and 1982 wow so that would mean that a gallon of milk was a dollar and it went to $3 you know a loaf of bread was whatever 50 cents and went to a buck 50 but 300% increase to consumer prices, man, that's, that's truly inflation right there. Yeah, so that was that was an average inflation rate of you know about eight percent, you know seven to eight percent during that fifteen year period of time. And of course, in the middle of that period of time, we had you know double digit inflation rates, um, you know, and right now we're at you know eight percent according to the CPI anyway for inflation. And I've talked about this a couple times and what our outlook is for inflation. And I think inflation is going to moderate. It is going to come down. I think the Fed is set on uh, decreasing inflation, uh, slowing the economy down, taking the money supply out of circulation, which of course is uh, M2 is really what causes inflation, uh, which is the amount of money that is circulating and the speed or velocity of money if you go back to economics. So the problem here is, is that, you know, there, you know, there used to be that they would just simply suck reserves out of the banking industry and that would be one of the tools that they would use. Well, now they're trying to use, you know, basically a sledgehammer instead of using a reserve tool to crush inflation, in my opinion. But, you know, we'll see. But I do think we talked about this before. You know, if we have an 8% inflation rate today, that means we're looking back at what prices were a year ago. That means if we're going to continue to have an 8% inflation rate Prices have to go up 8% a year from now. If prices level off and are 
the same as what they are today, a year from now, inflation is zero. And I think you've got to have some type of perspective in that realm as well. The other thing that's really happened is that the U.S. dollar has really accelerated in price. And we were almost at parity with the euro, and we've appreciated about 20% over the yen, which is the Japanese currency. And what that does is that that automatically reduces inflation for cost of goods that we're importing because we can buy those at a lot lower price because if the dollar is strong that means we have higher purchasing power and the and the what we're paying for in imports is less but that also means we're a little bit less competitive on the export side and so that does affect exporting country companies but as a as a major note most of the uh most of the stuff that's that we're purchasing is we're importing it. You know, we're an import country. You know, we run a trade deficit, which means that we're buying more stuff abroad than what we're selling abroad. So on a balance, that should mean lower prices, um, not on everything, but lower prices across the board. All right. That I mean, you know, you're making sense there. And and again, as we look at the inflation and how it's affecting us, I, I mean, wh what can we do? I mean, how how are you helping clients sort of weather this one? Well, I I think it goes back to just what what were we doing, not not what are we doing now, aha, uh -huh. um, but what were we doing before? You know, it's kind of like well, if you're trying to do something now to weather the storm. You know, it's it's the storm's already here. You probably should have pulled the car into the garage before it hailed, you know, not after the fact, not after the damage is done. You know, you want to be proactive. And so, and I've talked about this before, is, you know, when we run our retirement income strategies, we factor in an inflation rate. Now, inflation hasn't been very high here recently, other than this past year. And so what we've seen is our retirees really didn't want to see more money. They had plenty of money to spend, but we had already built in an inflation adjustment. We just hadn't taken any yet. And so now we're taking those inflation adjustments. But, you know, so if you've been retired for, let's say, 10 years, and you built in, you know, a 3% average inflation, and maybe you took one inflation adjustment or two inflation adjustments over that 10-year period of time because you really didn't knew it, need it. Uh, and historically, as you go through retirement, you typically spend less money as time goes on. But now, because prices have gone up, well, you're like, well, can, Mark, you know, can we can we have more money? And it's like, well, yeah, we haven't taken as much as we could have taken. You know, so we've got a 20% buffer or we've got a 15% buffer because we've only taken you know, a few inflation adjustments over the last number of years. So now we take an inflation adjustment and we're still on track. We still have the money. We still have the adjustments that we factored into that plan because they were built into it. And we we kind of set that money aside as a reserve if we needed to use it in the future. And now, of course, we're using it, but it's worked out well. And the same thing is really true of people who are accumulating money for retirement. 
So the crazy part is, you know, if you are young, so, you know, I'm talking to, you know, my son, who's 25, and you know, he's got 40 years to age 65, so 40 years to retirement, maybe 30 years if he retires in his mid-50s. Um, but if you retired in the 70s, so, you know, back to the price is right, you know, $100,000 in, you know, the 60s and 70s, that was a lot of money, right? Yes, of course. You know, a, a new house was like twelve, thirteen thousand dollars $13,000, you know, 40, 50 years ago. And today it's, you know, $300,000. And so the same thing applies is, is if you are accumulating money and say, you know what, I just want to accumulate, I want to become a millionaire. Well, if you're a millionaire 40 years from now, you're not going to have a very good retirement because that's not going to be very much money. You know, you're going to have to be a multimillionaire in order to retire for my son's age. And so it's probably similar, you know, 100000 a million dollars today, a million dollars today to retire on. He's probably going to need to have 10 to $20 million wow. in order to retire in 20 years. So let that think in, sink in a oh, little bit. Yeah, that's a, that's a staggering kind of a thought. But you're right. That's that that there's no reason to believe that that won't happen. No, and 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 again, it does apply to, uh, in essence, to people that are close to retirement as well, because if you look at the analogy from '67 and '82, prices tripled in value. Well, that also means that you needed to triple your income in that same 15-year period of time to keep up with the same purchasing that you had at the beginning of your retirement. Now, I don't have any crystal balls. I don't think that that is going to happen, but I don't know. Um, but if you build in at least some kind of inflation factor into your retirement to adjust things and don't go all crazy, you know, don't build in a 6% inflation adjustment into your retirement because you probably aren't going to ever accumulate enough money to get that accomplished but something reasonable in the 3% range. And Social Security, you know, it, it has a COLA. It's going to keep up with inflation. If you have other pensions that have COLAs, you know, they are going to keep up with inflation too. So that's going to help a little bit. It's the other investments that you have to plan for. How are these investments going to adjust? And do I have enough money to be able to adjust my income to keep up with inflation? And those are the kinds of questions and those are the kinds of conversations that you have every day with folks. And if you'd like to reach out and connect with uh, with Mark, 712-224-4651. You can also find, uh, you also reach out to him directly on the website, efs4u.com. Check that out because there's a lot of great information on that website. I know we've talked about it before, Mark, but it's certainly worth talking about again. Yeah, I mean, go to that and watch the video. You know, do I have enough income to retire? Watch the video because it talks about the time segmented distribution strategy that builds inflation into a retirement projection. And, you know, we work with people all over the country. So no matter where you're listening to me from, you know, we can visit with you. We can implement that strategy. You know, technology is great. It's just like us sitting across the table, you know, other than I can't really shake your hand. Um, we can maybe do a virtual fist bump or something like that on the screen. <laughs> sure. Um, but, but 
you know, check that out because it does, it does, you know, very well lay out that plan. And, you know, I've been doing this long enough. So those projections that I did back when I was 20, 25 years old for people who are retiring today, and we looked at those things and said, you know, you, you know, the projection shows, you know, you're going to have a million four when you get to retirement and it's going to produce, you know, eight, $9,000 a month in income. And at that time, the individual was like a million four. That's great. That's crazy. I can't imagine having that much money. Well, and then reality sets in and here we are today. They're retired and they got a million four, million five, million six. And, and it's, it's like, well, I guess looking back, you know, it didn't seem like that was reality, but reality was that for a fact that mm -hmm. that's what they needed to have. Uh, in order to retire, you know, their income more than doubled and they needed to have, you know, quite a bit more money than what they thought they did. Just like with my son, 10 to $20 million. And so when you do your retirement projections and you're younger and, you know, if you go to like the 401k calculators or whatever they have, you know, Fidelity or, or, you know, Vanguard or, um, you know, the other big companies that, that are the main 401k providers, you know, it's like, here's what you need to save to accumulate a million dollars. Well, take that times 10 or 20, and you should be saving 10 to 20 times whatever that amount is, because that's what you're going to need to accumulate at retirement uh, if you've got 40 years out in the future. All right. That, I like that, too. And, and uh, so, you know, when we're talking about inflation, because we can't seem to stop talking about inflation, um, what do we what do we do? How do we how do we handle that? Or are there things that we should be doing or are there things that we shouldn't be doing? Um, well, I think it's vital to take the emotions out and just simply look at the math. Uh, I think we've got. Uh, a good clip oh, here yeah. from Sharon that uh, kind of talks about that, right? Sure. Sharon Epperson, yes. Yeah. Focus Let's play on that what a you second. can control. Continue to contribute to your retirement accounts. But no matter what, do not panic or make emotional decisions with your retirement money. Well, again, I, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Well, easier said than done. Well, of course. <laughs> but the way to take emotions out is to have a plan, have a plan down to say, you know what, this this is what we're going to do. This is the decisions we've made. Um, and this is, we're going to stay the path because we made these decisions when we were rational. And now things are irrational. Uh, but things will get back to some normalcy. And the the important thing is not to make mistakes based on emotion and to have a written plan. So it's it goes back to, you know, the 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 price is right. So one of my favorite one of my favorite uh movies that had uh Bob Barker in it was Happy Gilmore. You remember oh, that? Oh yeah, right, sure. Yeah. And uh one of the funniest parts of it was was uh Adam Sandler saying the price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> During that, if everybody remembers that clip, yes, <laughs> where 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 Bob Barker just literally gives him a beat down. Um, but but that's just. But again, that was an you know in order for him to be able to win um, the the game, he had to get his emotions in check, um, and that's true of professional athletes. You know they they have to focus. Uh, they have to, you know, 
get emotions out of their uh, repertoire and uh, just focus on the game and focus on their strategy uh, in order to win. And I think retirement is not a whole lot different than that. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. And so, again, you can reach out to me. Uh, we're going to answer a couple questions yeah. that I got um, via email from a couple listeners. Uh, and, again, you know, this isn't live. This is recorded. Uh, but I will answer your questions either via email, and a couple of them are good ones that I just want to give you some thoughts uh, because I can bring some points home. Sure. And um, this is an email from Diane, and her question was, uh, it's a challenging time, and I'm trying to decide between two different financial advisors. Are there things to ask them beyond the obvious to pick the right one? Well, just call Mark. And I think that's a great <laughs> question um, because there's a lot of advisors out there. And I think the questions to ask would be, number one, you know, what are you looking for? in an advisor are you looking for a generalist or a specialist and to ask the advisor who who do they work with you know what is their specialty are they are they a financial planner who does financial plans for all age groups or do they specialize in a particular area do they specialize in you know business planning do they specialize with dentists do they specialize with let's say biotech executives most advisors as they move towards um, maturity i would say is a good word as they as they mature in our industry and, and have length of time they will naturally create or specialize in usually a niche that you know they gravitate towards mainly because they you know have a lot of people that are in that particular niche um, whether it's a uh, occupation or a specialty or just a particular group of people at a particular point in their life. And so if you're looking for a generalist or if you're looking for a specialist, that's important questions to ask to find you know, someone that more closely aligns with what you're looking for. And then the question is, is well, what's your average client size you know, in terms of assets and the reason why that's important is because you know and I'll say this you know I don't want to be subsidizing somebody else's um, you know whatever you know whether it's a home a vehicle you know whatever I'm buying you know you don't want to be subsidizing somebody else's purchase and you know if you go to um, uh, you know, a good example of this is probably the banking industry because they have clients of all net worths, all sizes, and their advisors, you know, have to meet with people. If they come in and they want to invest a $5,000 Roth IRA, you know, the, the advisor might spend two hours meeting with that individual, explaining to them and educating them what a Roth IRA is and how it works and how they should invest their money, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if I've got a million dollars and, you know, I don't want my advisor spending two hours on a $5,000 account when they're charging me several thousand dollars to manage my money because it's time. And so I think account size is important. You want to have an advisor that is, you know, working with affluent, high net worth people similar to what you are 
so that you know that the time that they're spending is equivalent and that you're not subsidizing somebody else. Right. That's right. You got to you got to fund your retirement, not mm-hmm. theirs. And then ask them some technical questions to find out what knowledge they have. You know, one of the ones that I like the, the most is and it's a very tough one. And I've told clients before that, you know, because I've been part of the, hey, I'm going to talk to three different advisors. You're one of them. And my question would be, depending upon the situation, but I've said this to people before, I say, well, ask them this. Um, what do you know about NUA? And if they don't know the answer, and, and, and they might be like, well, what do you mean? It says, well, you know, NUA in regards to my, my 401k. And if they don't know the answer to that, you don't, that's, that's an automatic red flag. Because that's a very technical question that a sophisticated advisor should know the answer to or know what it is. And NUA stands for Net Unrealized Appreciation. It gives you the opportunity to destock your 401k when you do a rollover, rolling the company out and paying ordinary income taxes on it and deferring all of the gains to a future date where you would pay long-term capital gains. So if you're a high net worth investor, you know, long-term capital gains taxed at 20% versus ordinary income at 40% is a big difference between the two. And that can be a major tax savings or paying no taxes at all on shares of stock inside of a 401k. So ask that technical question. And if they don't know the answer, you know, that's probably a red flag that they probably don't know a lot of other technical things that they should know and probably don't. Another question would be, how do you determine when I should be drawing my Social Security? And let them answer that question, because that is a significant answer that helps determine whether or not you should be drawing Social Security at a particular point and maximizing the value of it, which could equate to be tens of thousands of extra retirement dollars. You know, so what's the, what do you do? Well, what we do is we run an 18-page report that we let the math show us what the best claiming strategies are, and we run one or two different alternative strategies. And a very broad question would be for us, because we're retirement income distribution specialists, we focus on people in retirement that are distributing money or are going to have to distribute money for a variety of reasons, required minimum distribution, sale of businesses, et cetera, et cetera. What do you do in order to develop a plan for that? You know, what is your distribution strategy? Uh, it should be, in my opinion, um, a segmented distribution strategy to predetermine what and where and how money is distributed. So there's an answer, Diane, to that particular question uh, that is very detailed in nature. And those are the kinds of things that uh, that make sense. And uh, I mean, boy, it feels good. Like to it would feel good to be armed with that kind of stuff going into a, an interview a situation with a with a potential advisor. Yeah, and we actually send out. A, uh, we'd send out a, we send out a kit that says, hey, here's what you should be asking your financial advisor or 10 questions to ask your financial advisor that, that, you know, some of those things, you know, are you a fiduciary? You know, what is your specialty? 
um, how are you paid, you know, what other, you know, just a, a common sense things. But we talked about some very specialized questions because I think it it really helps to weed out the elite from the average. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because you want, I mean, you want somebody that's fully capable to take care of your retirement. I mean, it's a big deal. Right. And um, the last question here is Mark wanted to know what to do with his 401k that's lost over 20% this year. Said, I can't afford to lose that kind of money. Every month I express my concerns to my advisor, but he says not to worry. But I do worry and would love to know what you can do to help alleviate my fears. And if it's keeping you up at night, a 20% loss, um, maybe you're just too aggressive. And But I, I don't know enough of the questions. It's like, are you 35 years old? If you're 35 and you're worried about a 20% loss in your 401k, uh, I would agree with your advisor. Don't worry about it. In fact, you should do as Peter Lynch would say is anytime the market loses 20%, invest 50% of your cash. If it loses 30% or more, invest the other 50%. And if it loses 40%, start digging around in the couch cushions because that only happens once or twice a lifetime. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know a lot of that, but but again, I think it comes back to planning. Um, you know, if you are um, a few years away from retirement, you know, or you, you're a year away from retirement and your 401k has lost 20% in value, again, are there, are there things in your 401k that haven't lost any money? I would hope that you would have had, uh, and in our strategy, we would have been positioning money so that when you were in that retirement red zone, which is five to 10 years away from retirement, that you are putting money into your first segment of money, which doesn't have that downside market risk. Usually inside 401ks, there's a stable value option that doesn't lose money like bonds, can't lose money like stocks, pays a fixed rate of return like a CD, and it's a great p place to park money for that first five years of income that you're going to be drawing money from in retirement. So again, just a little bit of like a little bit of advice, um, you know. And 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 again, if you can uh, use alternative investments, I don't know what investment choices you have in your 401k. Some offer individual brokerage accounts where you can roll money out. Uh, use alternative investments to kind of protect that that downside market risk. Again, it's diversification, but it, but more importantly, it's having a strategy and a plan in place so that you don't have to have that emotional reaction. Well, and th those are, I mean, great great words to, to leave us with, Mark. And, and folks, if you'd like to connect with Mark, you can do it right on the website. It's EFS4U.com. That's EFS, the number for the letter U.com. You can call them direct as well, 712-224-4651. Wow, great insight today, Mark. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. 
I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior than me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651. 712-224-4651. Or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com.